0: You're listening to The Pei Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
1: Hey, good afternoon. Welcome to Summer. Did you blink and miss spring? So did everyone else. Hope you're enjoying the lovely weather out there. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a steamy one, everyone. Uh, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, the first waterfront artisan market is happening. It's down near uh, Queens Key and Spadina, down in the waterfront harbor front area. A lot of food and craft vendors. So if you're looking for something to do, that might be worth a visit. We were talking about that. Last week, I'll have to try and check it out sometime uh, this summer. Also, if you are um, shameless self-promotion right now, if you're a bit of a coffee drinker, my uh, travel story is in the National Post today. Um, I did a little roundup of um, independent coffee roasters across Canada. And uh, a friend of mine who's also a writer pointed out, he said, you know, number one story about writing is don't read the comments. And of course, what did I do immediately after that? I clicked on the online story, scrolled down because I hadn't done that, to read the comments. And it's really easy to get sucked into that vortex of wanting to respond back to people and say, no, you didn't, you didn't understand the article or no, that's not what I was trying to do with this. Um, but anyway, if you, if you are a bit of a coffee connoisseur, there's a couple of great roasteries you might want to think about checking out. Um, you know, during, on your travels. So I've talked a lot about my condo in the past few months. Um, as you might remember, it's, it's fairly small. It's less than 500 square feet and, We did that lovely little feature uh, in Canadian Living magazine as well. But the one big thing I was really looking forward to when I took possession of my condo back in uh, the end of October was I was waiting for the good weather. I was really excited. It had been five years since I've had a balcony. So I have not had any outdoor space for myself. And this balcony is actually kind of large. It's not really deep, but it's quite wide. And my dream, I had this like romantic vision of, you know, opening the balcony doors and there'd be all these leafy greens growing and I'd have tomatoes and I'd have things that don't even grow in Canada. (laughs) I'd have mangoes and bananas. Who knows? I was going to have this lush, beautiful garden on my balcony. But the thing is, I, excuse me, I do not know how to grow I don't know how to plant anything. I don't know how to grow anything. Um, growing up, m- my parents didn't really have a lot of time for gardening. We had, I think, some space in the backyard. It didn't really happen. Now that my mom is like, they're a bit older, they don't have to work as much. She's quite proud of her garden. When I go home during the good months, I have to go and I have to look at her zucchini. I have to go, I have to look at her little tomatoes. Um, I have to look at all the beautiful flower flowers that she's planted. She will tell me every single time that Neighbors will walk by and tell her how pretty the garden is in the front of the house. So I've not um, acquired any of her skills anyway. So I've got a great uh, guest guest. With me for the show, and if you have questions, gardening questions, you can always text in at seven ten ten. It's a real treat to have Frankie Flowers in studio. You might know him from Breakfast Television, City Lawn. You also write a lot, don't you?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I do some writing for uh, Canadian Living. I've done mm-hmm. stuff for Canadian Gardening, of course, for the Toronto Sun, and of course, uh, some books. I've done four books in the last six years. Wow! Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. And you know what? When it comes to gardening, it's it's my passion. It's it's my family background. If you go around the Bradford area, the Holland. If you take mm-hmm. a little bit of a drive, you'll see Bradford Greenhouses. That's my family. If you do a little bit of num- another little drive, you'll see Riga Farms. That's mm-hmm. my other cousin. You'll oh. see LD <laughs> Farragina. That's my other cousin. Then if you drive up to Mansfield, you'll see DH Garden Center. That's yeah. my cousin Dominic and Helen. Uh, so, yeah, we're we're all kind of in this world. Do you
1: kind of run the gardening business in that area, basically? <laughs> uh, you
2: know what? There's so many great independent businesses right around. It's just something that when we came to Canada, uh, we ended up in the Holland of Marsh, uh, and my grandfather and my father worked for 10 cents an hour, and it just seemed to be, wow. at that point, a time mm-hmm. that we really worked hard, and, uh, and we've grown some great things along the way, great memories, and through that, a lot of great businesses, and uh, we've also supported so many here locally. You know, uh, everything from some, even some of the mass merchants that are out there as well are fantastic. Uh, We work a lot with Loblaws and some of the PC garden centers. The Mm -hmm. reason for that is they're all 100% Canadian grown. Is that right? Oh, all Canadian growers that are there. Other growers that grow for them are Linwell Gardens out in Jordan. Uh, If you look at even Sheridan supplies, some of the Loblaws Mm -hmm. locations, Uh, BTN, which is Brooklyn Treeland Nurseries in Schaumburg. Oh my gosh, you just
1: know all of these. You can rattle them all off. (laughs) I could actually (laughs) rattle off pretty
2: much every grower in Ontario.
1: That's pretty amazing. And did you... uh, the when you were younger and you're growing up and this is what you you're surrounded with right is a family that gardens yeah. and grows a
2: product of child labor I call it
1: <laughs> but it's okay because you're being fed at the end of the day yeah, right exactly, you've got a roof yeah. over your head um, did you when you were younger aspire to do something else or did you love it and always know that you would go into the family business?
2: I, I never did know that I was always going to go in the family business mm-hmm. my, my grandfather, my nunno Francis uh, said to, uh, to me when I was going off to high school he said we really need a lawyer in the family. my family got in trouble quite <laughs> or an bit. accountant or something well, right <laughs> first need was a lawyer. So I actually went to York University and uh, did my uh, my minor in political science and economics with an oh. aspiration to go towards uh, going to law school. And oh, wow. in, in 1993, we opened up uh, our Barry location. And with that, I went and left school for one year just to mm-hmm. go help out with the family business. And then uh, I just decided this is what I love to do. This yeah. is everything about what I want to do. And that's a lot of the times, you know, a lot of the times family wants you to move in one direction. It takes mm-hmm. you some time to, to move in another direction. And then it takes you the time to have the strength to say, you know what, I really don't want to do that. I want to do where I am right now.
1: Yeah, I agree. It, yeah. It, it, there's a lot of people who um, they have these family businesses and they go, well, you know what, I, want to, I need to try something different. But they, it kind of pulls them back
2: a little bit. It, it does. And, you know, for even people listening right now, if, they, if they're a family business and maybe they're thinking about going to join their family business, go do some other jobs, do other things. And then really, really decide that if you want to be there. Family businesses are great, but you know we're talking about food and growing food. Yeah. The business comes back to the dinner table each and every night.
1: <laughs> yeah, it sure does. Yeah. So your latest book is called Food to Grow, yeah. A Simple No-Fail Guide to Growing Your Own Fruits, Vegetables, and Herbs. And I'm particularly attracted to this book because as I was mentioning, this is the year, this is the year, Frank, I'm yeah. going to grow a full like salad buffet on my balcony. But we spoke a little bit um, just before the show. What did I tell you? You told me to start smaller. Yes. <laughs> You're like, maybe we don't quite do that just yet. But I need someone who's a, who's practical to tell me that because I'm not realistic about my goals. I just think... I can picture it. I picture what I want. Right. Um, I picture pineapple trees too. and That's not realistic. So it's... <laughs>
2: yeah, there are ornamental pineapples that you can have. So they're really cool. You can put them out as a centerpiece. That's great. True.
1: I can get little like patio lights as well that exactly. are like pineapples. It's, it's
2: great to dream. Always, you know, <laughs> it's I always have a big dream. Uh, always have a big dream. And then you got to scale back. So you have a very narrow patio that you have out there. a terrace that's narrow and long, about 30 feet in length. There's lots of sunlight, which is fantastic. So mm-hmm. first thing about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and or herbs you need light. You do. Yeah. You need six hours of direct afternoon sun. You have that, oh. which is great. Yeah. So you got that checklist off. Next thing that you want to do is you want to figure out, hey, what really do I eat? Mm-hmm. So if it is that you're eating lots of salads, then leafy greens, leaf lettuce, really easy to grow. Kale, yeah. very easy to grow as well. Uh, those are the things that you really want to determine. Then yeah. what you have to do is look at your space and how many people there are. If it's just right. you, you don't- But I
1: eat for four. You
2: eat for four, <laughs> which is good. Which is good. Then, what I think is, you know, I know that you love food, and I know that you like to cook. So, what I'm going to recommend for you is a small planter box for this year that you can grow your greens in. Some kale in there. Mm-hmm. We're going to do one to two pots of tomatoes that are going to go there. And with that, tomatoes are great. They're easy. If you want to try one pot of hot peppers, I don't know how you feel about yeah. hot peppers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm into it. If you're into peppers, are the biggest trend right now. Hot peppers are really? huge, oh, okay. huge, huge, huge. Um, so maybe. Two tomatoes, one pepper, the little planter box there, the lettuce greens. Then we're going to do five pots of 10-inch pots of the five favorite herbs that you like to grow. Then on the far end of your terrace there, where I know you sit opposite looking towards, I'm mm-hmm. going to put something pretty there. So if I want, never thought about yeah. pretty. <laughs> if you want a pretty and edible, yeah. you can use a scarlet runner bean. So it's got a red flower. Fantastic. Oh, if you want to use beautiful. pretty edible, you can use yeah. nasturtiums an edible flower. So as soon as you add a flower to mm-hmm. a salad, people think you know what you're doing.
1: They think it's, it's suddenly it's gourmet. The oh, minute there's yeah. like an edible flower and there a little petal, just a petal, it's like, oh, this yeah. is fancy. Yeah. You can suddenly charge $15 for that salad.
2: Yeah, it's called floral confetti.
1: Is, yeah. Oh, I love that term.
2: That's what it is. Uh, you know, it
1: absolutely is yeah. that. Bonchef,
2: Bonchef uh, is another grower that I know and, <laughs> uh, and that's what he specializes in is, is floral confettis. Um, and then herbs. you know. If you yeah, herbs, I think herbs are
1: so great. They're practical. I feel like everyone can use those regardless of what you like to eat.
2: And, and you know what? They are practical. And also they upscale a meal. They upscale the mm, flavor yeah. profile. There's nothing like fresh. So you know, if you look at kind of the classic herbs that people will grow, mint is something for mojitos. I know you mm-hmm. like to have a little bit of fun every mm, once I in a while, mint. but mint as well is really good in, any, in many culinary dishes. Mint should always be in a pot.
1: Oh, because it, I've, because it grows so quickly? Is that it? Like it spreads really quickly? Oh,
2: it's crazy. Okay. It's crazy. As a kid, I yeah. grew mint at my family greenhouse mm-hmm. and I used to cut it and bunch it and then sell it down at the food terminal. It was my first entrepreneurial really? endeavor. Yes. But the problem being is the following few summers, I decided that I didn't want to tend to it too much. Mm-hmm. It went through that one greenhouse like oh, no. crazy. <sighs> and it took almost five years to get rid of it. And it does the exact same thing. In the ground, in the garden. So mint always in a container. Yeah. Always in a container. Uh, rosemary is a great herb. You yeah. know, um, it has a classic, uh, it actually has some great history and folklore. The, the Greeks used to use mint and they used to smell mint when they were trying to study because mm-hmm. it's supposed to improve memory. Oh, okay. So just kind of cool. Good, I know? need stuff like that. Yeah, yeah I need stuff.
1: to improve my memory starting to go. The older I get, the lo- shorter my memory is.
2: That happens for all of us.
1: Okay. Well, so uh, Frank's actually going to stick around for the show. If you have questions about uh, gardening, you can text in at 71010. We're going to talk a little bit more about tips to uh, make Sure, you grow successfully, which yeah. I'm already starting to learn a little bit. Managing my expectations, and I want to, you know, sort of break it down into the things that we need. You know, the basics, uh, what the steps that we should take throughout the summer, because. I've learned that it's not just about opening up a pack of seeds, putting it into the ground, covering it up, and then, boom, you're good for the summer. Yeah. There's a little bit more involved. uh <laughs> Apparently, there's more involved uh, stuff than that. So if you have questions, you can text in at 71010. My guest is Frankie Flowers, also Frank Ferragini, who you may know from television. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
2: More with Pay Chen on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
1: Welcome back to the show. If you have uh, yet to start your balcony gardening or maybe you've got a beautiful space uh, at your house, well, I've got the perfect expert to share some tips with you. Uh, Frankie Flowers is here with me. You know him from Breakfast Television, City Line, also a lot of the great gardening uh, articles and stories that he writes. If you have questions about growing anything pretty much, uh, you can text in at 71010. Frank, your latest book is called Food to Grow. Yeah. And I like that because I just, I I like to eat. So I want everything to be functional and practical. So if I'm going to put the effort into growing something, planting and taking care of it, I kind of want the payoff of being able to eat it at the end. So uh, when it comes to uh, gardening, what is your, I guess, what is your motivation? It's been a family business, but you like to spread the word. You want people to just start?
2: Right. Yeah. What, What I really want people to do is just to really try. Uh, so I'm looking for people to go out there and just try to try it for one time. And mm-hmm. whether it's a plant that you're going to enjoy for fashion or if it's function, if you're going to eat right. it. Uh, you know, have I killed a plant? Yes, I have. Do I kill a plant probably every year? Yes, I do. They're living you're things.
1: You're one of us. Oh, you
2: know what? Everybody, anybody that says they've never killed a plant is, yeah. a, is an absolute liar. Um, you know, it's so much benefit that goes out to people that get out there and get active and outdoors in, the, uh, in the outdoors. Everything from uh, studies have proven everything from mental health is a benefit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has helped kids with autism if it's in active oh. learning at schoolyards. Yep. Uh, in terms of nutrition, if you go out and you grow something with your children and you teach them how to eat fresh peas right off the vine, well, guess what? They're going to start to eat peas more. If you teach mm-hmm. them the process of what it's like to eat a tomato, they're going to start to want to be engaged more and eating more tomatoes. Uh, you know, it's really such a great tool that we can do to beautify our communities. And then also for food insecurity, if we can actually mm-hmm. grow on top of roof spaces and we can grow on vacant parking lots, We can actually help food insecurity. Just to think that in 2050, with population growth today, if we Mm -hmm. sustain that population growth, by the year 2050, we'll have to double our food production globally. Wow. So how are we going to double our food production? Mm -hmm. Well, let's make people more knowledgeable about how to do it on their own. Right. Right. This is what we did after World War II, depressionary gardens as well that, that happened. People grew their own food, their own backyards. They tore out front yards and, and, and did that. Mm. Uh, you know, the, the classic Canadian tomato garden was full of hockey sticks. The only problem with now is that <laughs> hockey sticks. But those are the things that we, you know, if you think with Europeans and, and, and whatnot and even mm. many immigrants, the first thing they do when they get here is they, yes. they supplement their own grocery bill by growing their own.
1: Yeah. No, I absolutely I absolutely agree with that. And that for people who have those the skills and the knowledge, it's sometimes the, the struggle is finding a place to grow, right? right. So which why which is why I love things like community
2: gardens. Yeah. They're you great know. because they're a sharing place. So, as you grow at a community garden, you can share if you have too much zucchini, you can mm. share that with somebody else in the community space. You share knowledge, you share successes, and, and you know it's a place where the community gets together. There's one community garden just over by Regent Park that I visit often, and the diversity of people there is unbelievable, and the food that's grown there is. I can tell where they come from. I was going to ask you yeah. that. Like you
1: could probably tell based on the kinds of vegetables that they're growing, maybe what their background is.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like if you you know if you'll see one plot that'll have arugula, mm-hmm. you'll see another plot plot that has. Some spaghetti squash that's there. There's some that you know you don't even know what it is that they're growing. <laughs> There's even a weed that many Jamaicans like to eat. I, I refer to it as pigs' weed. Right. It's a weed that they love. So many times when I'm at community gardens weeding, they're often asking me, "Can I have that? <laughs> they're like, "No, that's my plant. Yeah. Like <laughs> lamb's quarters is another weed that's edible. Mm. Dandelion, You know that's yes yeah, that's another weed that's edible. Uh, so there, there's so many great things that can come out of the benefit of getting outdoors, mm-hmm. active in a community, and doing something to benefit that community, either visually or where you're growing food.
1: Well, I'm sure that we're um, perhaps inspiring or planting a, a little seed, pun intended, uh, in some listeners who have been thinking like, well, I don't know if I would really do that. Because uh, it, to some, it might seem a bit overwhelming because you need Stuff like you you know, you have to pick up things, and it's not necessarily something that you might have kicking around if you're not already gardening. Uh, For others, it might be a time um, issue. Like, I don't know if I can take care of it. So, let's, I guess, demystify all of that. What are, I guess, the basics? That we need, like, If we Let's want to start you. growing something...
2: let to do it for you. Let's break it right down to okay. a balcony level right now. So first okay. off, we'll start with a container. So I- availability, there's right around the corner. At your PC Garden Center, you could go there. There's no problem whatsoever. You're going to get yourself a pot. And that pot, you want to make sure that it has drainage. The cost of the pot okay. can be anywhere from about $4 up to $100. Depends on what that's made out of. But a, a nice inexpensive plastic pot is mm-hmm. what you can get. Okay. Next thing you're going to need is because it is a container, it's a lighter soil. So you're going to need a container and or potting soil.
1: Oh, okay. That was going to be my next question, which is t- telling the d- how to tell the difference between soil and what you need.
2: Right. So soil that goes in a pot, we need to have, make it like a sponge. So it has the ability to absorb water and dry out quickly. Oh. If it's too heavy of a soil, like mm-hmm. a garden soil or a triple mix, and it's in a container, that plant will sit in water for up to 24 hours or even greater. Have you sat in a tub for 24 hours?
1: No, but I might like to try it.
2: No, You're not going <laughs> to. remember. You, know what you don't want to try it. So what's going to happen is the plant's going to get root rot. So the oh, right soil we're going to make sure that we're not going to get root rot and healthy roots. Then what we're going to do is choose our plant material. So Mm -hmm. you're going to choose a plant. That's going to be the right plant for the right place. So if you have a sunny location like you, that's the reason why we're going to choose a tomato because tomatoes right. love sun. What's the cost of a tomato plant? Well, you can get anything from a, a tomato plant that's going to be around a dollar. So right now there's also ketchup and fries, which you can get at PC. Have you heard of it this way? I've one? heard yeah. of this,
1: but I didn't know that it was available here. I heard of it as just sort of a, a quirky little thing that no, It's available exists. this
2: year at PC Garden at the garden Center. Okay.
1: Can we describe it, please? It's yeah. called, so it's called ketchup and fries. That's yeah, what the plant twi- is called. It's
2: a $20 tomato plant. I okay. Want, so you can spend up to $20 bucks it's tomatoes on the top and because they're both from the nightshade family they've actually made sure that they could also breed it so that in the bottom you have potatoes so potatoes in the bottom tomatoes in the top ketchup and fries not gmo not you know that's Mm -hmm. the first question that people say right it's not genetically modified but there you go so you can spend a whole range in terms of the plant choices you make
1: right so if you want to do it cheap like inexpensively for a couple of dollars you can yeah. if you want to get a little fancier, you can you know go up there and, and they get the nicer plants get something that's like a 2 in 1 like the ketchup and ketchup and fries. I just love it because I think it's such a talk it's such a talking point, right? for people. It's like look at this plant.
2: Yeah, you can get fruit trees that are 4 in 1. And what I mean by 4 what? in 1, I can do four varieties of a pear tree on one tree. So you really? can get that. Yeah, you can get that as a four in one apple. There's even a new, fruit uh, tree this year called salad bowl, which is multiple varieties. There's, yeah, you know, there's strawberries this year. They have them at, uh, Loblaw garden centers and PC garden centers, but one that's called uh, It's a pineapple flavored strawberry, <gasps> which is cool. Pink popcorn. Have you heard of that one?
1: No, what is that? That is a
2: new blueberry that's pink
1: no yeah, that's so oh fun. my god it sounds so great and
2: i was just doing i was working at uh, the kiwanis boys and girls club the other day mm-hmm. and we were showing them some different plants and all the girls love the pink popcorn <laughs> all the little girls i was like which plant do you want yeah and they all wanted the pink the popcorn. pink
1: blueberries
2: yeah and then the boys all the boys wanted ketchup and fries. Of
1: course they did. You know, I love that idea. So we talked a little bit about, so so soil does matter. So if you're doing, um, what if you were doing like an in-ground garden?
2: So in-ground garden, uh, so if you want to do edibles again, uh, you want to make sure that you're growing in as much light as possible. If you have partial shade, there are some things like parsley and some of the lettuces that you can grow in partial shade, but you're going to struggle. Try to find a nice sunny spot. Next thing is, is you want to improve your soil quality. I like building raised beds. The reason why I like a raised bed is that Mm I can control the type of soil that i'm putting down so Uh i'm going to use a a, something like a three-in-one mix that has a a little bit of topsoil manure and loam all mixed together something that's going to be rich in organic matter that's what you want that's going to feed the root system Uh, then what you're going to do is you're going to then kind of Pick out what plants your family wants to eat. That's the key. Sit down with your family. Then you're going to plot it out. In Food to Grow, the book, uh, we break out how many plants per person you need. So if you have a family of four, this is how many you're going to need. This is when you have to plant them. This is when you're going to need to harvest them. And this is how you can organize your garden so that as it's growing, we're not shading out plants. Okay. Okay. So sometimes people will shade out plants. All right. It's not that hard.
1: It's not that hard. We're going to get into more detail about it after the break. We'll also talk about seeds versus seedling. I am curious about that. I feel like why would you bother with seeds if you can already get the plant? Uh, But I'm sure Frank will tell me the benefits of growing from seeds. And we'll tell you uh, more... Uh, We'll give you more suggestions about what to grow in different areas, maybe growing vertically as well if you've got a small space. My guest is Frankie Flowers. You can keep sending in your text, 71010. We'll answer some of your questions after the break. Uh, Right now, we're taking just a quick break. Be back right after this.
0: You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010.
1: Well, good afternoon and welcome back to the show. My guest is Frank Ferragini, also known as Frankie Flowers, who's been uh, pretty much gardening and growing his entire life, who's uh, working in the family business, and your latest book is called Food to Grow. We've had some great texts in from listeners. I'll just uh, maybe ask you one that could apply to a couple of people. Uh, A listener is asking, what is something I can do to feed a plant to make it grow fuller naturally uh, now that it's already been planted?
2: So the first thing is, even before planting, I know it's been planted already, but next year what I really want you to do is to make sure that you improve the soil. Okay. So by feeding the soil with some nice compost and or a little bit of manure kind of enriching the soil, that's going to feed the root system. Now that you've already done that, let's say that you have a composter or have access to compost, you can do what's called a compost tea. And what you're going to do is you're going to take a Mm cheesecloth and you're going to take a handful of compost and put it in a cheesecloth, you're going to tie it off and just have that into your watering can and have it just seep in your watering can for a few days. That's going to take all that nutrient that's in there and put it into the water. Mm -hmm. Then after you've watered your plant, yes. you're going to then water again with your compost tea. okay, Watering the plant first will open up the root system. The compost tea will then put all some nutrients in there and you'll have a happy, healthy, organically oh. grown, beautiful plant, whether it's uh, something to eat and or just as a flowering. Now, how often should you use compost tea? Well, you know, it depends. Like it, a lot of the times you can be doing it every other week. You mm-hmm. can be doing it weekly. Um, it all depends on what the plant is, number one. okay. Uh, often, if you look at greenhouse growers, they're feeding fairly often, fairly mm. consistency at a weaker dilution to do that uh, the other option that you have if you don't want to do compost and you want to go just purchase something you can get a fish emulsion fertilizer so fish. If yeah fish emulsion mm-hmm. fertilizer so it's actually fish bits that have been emuls- emulsified that is a liquid that you put into water and then you're going to water it into your gardens and into your plants
1: Will it leave... No fishy taste?
2: There is this fishy smell. (laughs) Okay. But no fishy taste. A reminder when people water, best time to water is in the morning hours. You're always going to try to water the roots, not the foliage. That's really key. Don't ever use an oscillating sprinkler. That one that goes back and forth. Yeah, that kind of fans. The one that you want to run through as a child. What a waste of money. Is it? It's best for kids. It's just with the oscillating. The osculating, um, the way it osculates, it's yeah. actually evaporating while it's up there. Ah. So it's an inefficient use of water.
1: It's a waste of water. Yeah,
2: and water is such a precious resource.
1: So we should be watering down near the, the roots, like roots at the
2: soil. Soaker hoses, what a great yeah. thing. They're okay. fantastic. All right. Yeah.
1: So let's talk about um, growing. There's various ways of growing. So container gardening, we talked mm-hmm. about a little bit, using my balcony as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, also growing vertically, which I... No, is not something that I think of automatically, but uh, it is a great way to maximize space.
2: Right, yeah. So there's two things to the garden. There's either you're grown, uh, gardening out or you're gardening up. Okay. So it's a less f- square footage that you're going to be used. So right. we already talked about Scarlet Runner Bean. It's a beautiful mm. bean that has a red flower. That's a, a pole bean that we can grow up. There are different things like some of the squashes that we can grow on even just a string to grow them up to maximize oh, that height. Right. Uh, there's If you're looking for flowering, there's so many different vines that you can use. There's a tropical vine. There's one that's called Mandevilla. Mandevilla is a tropical flowering vine that gives you beautiful either white, pink, or red flowers during the summer season that you can then bring in. Beautiful vine as well as one that's called jasmine. You know jasmine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice white flowering vine that at night gives you a beautiful fragrance. So if you're sitting out there on a patio and or park- oh, very nice you have a beautiful fragrance and i love jasmine a white garden at night is fantastic because white reflects light Mm -hmm. so at night you can actually see it do never ever plant (laughs) white in full sun because white in full sun if you don't have a contrasting foliage the sunlight will actually bleach out that white color and you won't see the garden
1: oh i would have never thought that yeah
2: white is a good color to pick for more shaded spaces yes or for an evening garden
1: now what is ideal to grow in a spot that doesn't get full sun because for a lot of people, part of their house or their shed or something might block the garden that they have.
2: Yeah, and it happens over time. So some areas that you had were sun, as the plant material around you grows, all of a sudden becomes shade. Or here in Toronto, somebody builds a big house right beside you.
1: (laughs) Suddenly your whole garden is in shade. (laughs) Exactly.
2: So you know you can grow everything from perennials. So Mm -hmm. some of the best perennial varieties are some of the ferns, like an ostrich fern. Hostas are always a staple. So many different varieties of hostas. There's one that's called bunny ears, which is just a little, small, little hosta variety. Then there's big daddy. Big daddy hosta, a huge, huge I don't know what a
1: hosta is.
2: Hosta la vista. So a hosta (laughs) is a... It is. That's bad garden humor. Um, A hosta is a large leaf perennial plant okay. that sometimes puts out a little bit of a white flower but is really ex- really it, what's exciting about it is its foliage. All right. And its foliage is a really large tropical type looking leaf that's very lush. Often hostas get infected by slugs or slug mm-hmm. damage. Water in the morning that will prevent slugs because slugs like to uh, have a wet garden at night, really uh, important. Okay. You can put diatomaceous earth around the bottom if you're wondering what that is. If you do you like to eat mussels or clams? I do Oh, I love seafood. i mean, Coast. So you see food, you eat yeah. it, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: So what you want to do with all those shells, if you can crush all those shells up yes. and you put it around the base of your hosta plants, any crawling insects that go over there won't crawl over those. It's too sharp. It's too sharp. You
1: know what? That's so funny that you mentioned that because my mom has done that. She used to take little um, clam shells, partly because she thought they were pretty, right. and then she'd put them around the garden and then she did that with eggshells. I just started to think that it looked like our front yard was compost yeah. because she was throwing all the stuff down on her garden, but you're actually telling me well, that it serves a
2: purpose. Yeah, gardeners will do crazy <laughs> things. So there's other people out there. So yeah, you know, when it comes to the eggshells, eggshells yeah. with tomatoes, fantastic. Puts a little bit of calcium into the soil, great. Even eggshells crushed around the base of a plant mm-hmm. prevents crawling insects. Great. But gardeners, let's say that a gardener's having an issue right now with deer walking into their property. Oh yeah. What they'll do, and that's for somebody who's maybe at the cottage, they'll go around with dove soap or any type of barred soap and start to grate it off around the garden so that the smell of a human's oh. there. Many in some of my classic old garden books that I collect yeah. tell you to pee around the exterior of your garden. Well,
1: boys are for. well. That's exactly.
2: So if you think <laughs> about your neighbor right now, right? Yes. Crushing up eggshells, putting yeah. other shells around, peeing around the outside of the garden. And your
1: neighbor's going to have the best looking garden around. Right.
2: But you're going to think they're kind of weird.
1: Now let's talk about uh, something that Affects, I think, a lot of you know Toronto area homeowners, which is like raccoons and squirrels. I have friends mm-hmm. who said, you know what? I'm not even going to grow anything to eat because the squirrels get to
2: it first. Yeah, squirrels are employed by garden centers. We send them out. Yeah. <laughs> they
1: really increase business, don't yeah, they? they, they do. For
2: you, <laughs> no. But squirrels, you know, there's a couple things that we can do. So when it comes to anything, whether yeah. it's uh, a deer, a bunny, bunny populations are crazy right now, uh, or squirrels, we want to figure out what they don't like to see, what they don't like to smell, what they don't like to touch, what they don't like to taste, or right. what they don't like to hear. Let's play with their senses. So when it comes to squirrels, I know some people are having success with coffee grounds, dusting Mm -hmm. their coffee grounds on the top of some of the containers and things that will sometimes get them out of the area, repel them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Pelletized hem manure. You can buy pelletized hem manure. That pelletized hem manure, top dressing with that will keep them out. You can also get a squirrel feeder. So sometimes if you can't beat them, you feed them. Right. So on the far end of your property, you put a squirrel feeder up. Uh, There's one that's where you put corn on the end, a dry corn on the end. It spins around. So it keeps them really busy. Yeah. So there's all these different solutions that you can do uh, and then uh, you have other options are you can put a fence so let's say for a uh, bunny if you're going to be yes. putting a fence around a garden for a bunny that fence has to be 16 inches into the ground because bunnies they'll dig 16 inches so into it's the ground. So just over a foot? Just over a foot wow. and if you have a problem with deer the fence has to be 7 feet high because they're jumpers. Can, they eh? can jump, yeah.
1: Uh, my parents have deer in their yard, and they, the deer actually eat out of the bird feeder, which the squirrel also eats out of. So right. the birds actually don't get to eat anything.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there was kind of a funny story when it comes to squirrels. There used to be a product called Squirrel Away. Yeah. And that product was uh, bird seed treated with cayenne pepper. Oh, so, it sounds
1: a little. Me- uh, well, I've heard that people sprinkle cayenne pepper.
2: Uh, yeah. So first thing is, it's really not kind to squirrels because if they rub their eyes. that's yes. The first thing. Second thought was, was that, you know, squirrels, they have taste buds. Yeah. But birds don't. So let's go ahead and do this. Yes. Right. Well, what happened was the squirrels got adapted and they started to enjoy the spicy (laughs) bird (laughs) seed because nature adapts all the time. Yeah. All the time. It's a wonderful, amazing thing. That sometimes, you know, if you can't beat them, sometimes yeah. you just got to feed them.
1: Well, it's like humans too. You know, the first time you had a little bit of spice, you're like, ooh, that's too spicy. But now you can increase your chili level up to like 10 yeah.
2: almost. Now you're like locuto Taco Bell.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. My <laughs> guess is Frankie Flowers. He's going to stick around. Um, also, after the break, we'll have a quick chat with Carl Heinrich from Richmond Station about his involvement in uh, Toronto Taste and how you could be there as well. We're taking a quick break here. You're listening to The Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010.
2: More with Pei Chen on In-Depth Radio, News Talk
0: 1010.
1: Hey, welcome back to the show. I've been uh, learning a lot with my guest, Frank Ferragini, also known as Frankie Flowers. You know him from Breakfast Television and from City Line. Also, his four books in six years, is that it?
2: four different books. Do you want to know all the titles? Yes. First book was Get Growing. That was a general guide to gardening, everything from your lawn to your vegetable garden to your flower garden. Second Mm -hmm. book was called Pot It Up. That was all on containers, and it included a whole bunch on edibles.
1: Oh, I like that one.
2: Yeah. Third book that I did was with Bryce Wilde, which is a homeopath. That was Power Plants. That was all about the plants that you could grow right around your yard that have medicinal benefit. Everything from flowers to fruits, vegetables, and some of the weeds that are out there. And then this one, which I'm really pumped about. I'm really actually excited. It's been doing great. Food to Grow, which is all about growing your own food. Uh, and that is everything from fruits, herbs, to, yeah. uh, to any type of edible.
1: Uh, This is the book I'm really drawn Mm -hmm. to because that's – I want to – if I'm going to grow, I want to be able to eat it. But that for me is just sort of like this dreamy romantic idea of growing my own food. But for a lot of people, it's just extremely practical, especially when it comes down to your your grocery bills and your budgets and realizing that you could – actually save a lot of money by putting in you know a little
2: effort yeah do you remember the price of cauliflower at christmas
1: yes i do because it was like everyone was tweeting about how like well 12, i saw eight dollars I it was
2: 12 I, to 12 bucks yeah. i saw
1: eight dollar cauliflower in kensington market and i was
2: floored yeah my father so we used to grow cauliflower yeah. and we used to sell 12 heads of cauliflower uh down at the ontario food terminal for about four dollars and 50 cents and my father was like twelve dollars a head <laughs> for cauliflower what's going on in this world so Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, you know what, they're, they're, right now what's happening is a lot of Canadian production of food is actually going south of the border just because of our currency. Yeah. Uh, so they can buy Canadian produce at almost a 30% discount. So a lot of that food is going. And we have some of the greatest local farmers that are around. There's, right now asparagus is out there and it's really mm, quite great. affordable. As yeah. soon as local kicks in, it's very affordable. The key is, is growing those vegetables and fruits that actually are a little bit more expensive. So in Food to Grow too, I also mm-hmm. recommend what ones that you shouldn't be growing on your own.
1: Yes, you have
2: ones that are a bit more of a challenge. bit more of a challenge and ones that I just really don't think they're worth the effort. So in an urban setting, I don't think corn is worth the effort. No, it's not. Because number one, it takes up... It's pretty. So you can actually have some fun with it if you want to have fun with it. But in an urban setting, corn attracts raccoons. Uh, also, when corn is available, it's so inexpensive right across this area. Mm-hmm. It's it's so fresh. So why, why take the energy in that space, that square footage for corn? Unless you're doing something called the Three Wise Sisters.
1: What is that?
2: The Three Wise Sisters <laughs> is a planting technique, a yes. companion planting. Okay. So you plant corn, yep. and then beside the corn, you plant a pole bean. Mm-hmm. The pole bean is going to grow up the corn. Then on the base, you plant a squash. So the squash shades the roots. Right. The bean feeds the the squash because it puts nitrogen back in the soil Uh the corn supports the bean so all three of them work very nicely together and a nice little small package and it's called the three wise sisters which is an aboriginal planting technique that goes back hundreds of years
1: i oh that's so that's great i mean i'm not going to do that on my balcony but i love the idea in a garden
2: you can yes (laughs) someone
1: do that in a garden um i was just saying before the break that we're going to have a chat with uh, chef carl heinrich from richmond station uh, and carl's on the line hey carl Hey, how are you, Pay? I'm doing great. Uh, Frankie Flowers or Frank Ferugini, is with me, and he was saying that he's actually you shot or you did something with him, uh, right? Yeah,
2: Carl and myself, we we've done peppers. Remember, we did some peppers, and uh, <laughs> we, we've uh, you know we've cooked together. And, and Carl, you you are a remarkable chef, doing great things here in the city of Toronto.
0: Nice to talk to you, Frankie. I just got the last little snippet of you guys' conversation there. I loved it. <laughs>
1: oh, the, the three was it the three wise three wise sisters. I yeah. like yeah. that
0: sisters for sure.
1: I like that idea. So, Carl, we were just chatting a, a bit about uh, Toronto taste so june 12th at chorus key you're going to be there how many years have you been involved
0: i've been involved for i'm going to say five or six years now mm-hmm. um with a few different restaurants but richmond station has been involved ever ever since richmond station has been a restaurant which is uh geez almost four years now so this will be our fourth year
1: now uh what are you going to prepare for the event just so we can tease people a bit
0: Oh, I thought we were all keeping this a secret. Is it all a secret? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we're, we're actually gonna make uh, we're gonna make ice cream cones. Are you? Yeah. What uh, flavor? <laughs> like, is that a secret? Well, the the ice cream is gonna come from Mapleton Organics, mm-hmm. um, and that's uh, that's a great farm that we've been using uh, we've been buying from for a number of years. They're out near, uh, well, they're in Mapleton, <laughs> yeah, but uh, near Arthur, Ontario, and uh, Martin. Uh, is actually a a cow farmer or a a veal farmer. Mm -hmm. We buy a lot of veal from him because he's got a dairy farm, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And his organic ice cream is some of the best I think I've ever had. There's a lot of great ice cream. In Ontario, but his ice cream is is some of the best. All right. So we're going to have a few different flavors, but the fun part is that we're going to make our own waffle cones on site.
1: Oh, that's fantastic! Cool. So for people who don't know, um, Toronto Taste supports Second Harvest, and that is an organization that rescues food. And for people who don't know what that means, it means that they take food that would otherwise go to waste. So from restaurants like yours, uh, from grocery stores that might have some food that's like on the verge of you know not being able to be sold, and then they distribute it to various organizations and people in need. And, right. you know, in terms of your support, and I think it's really great to see people like yourself in the restaurant industry to, uh, who support Second Harvest.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a pleasure to be able to do it, and I think it's a responsibility that we all have um, as, as as chefs and as people that go to restaurants, people that have restaurants. But um, it, honestly, it's more than that. It's such a pleasure to be there, and it's, it's a great pleasure to get to interact with a lot of other chefs from around the city too, who we frankly we don't see unless there are events like this.
1: That's true. You, it's rare to have some of the top chefs in the city get together for one night. So,
0: well, and and never, there's never a lineup like this one.
1: No, that's yeah, that's true. It's a great uh, lineup of chefs and restaurants. Um, thanks so much, Carl. Looking forward to seeing you on the twelfth.
0: Thanks so much.
1: All right. So that's Chef Carl Heinrich from Richmond Station. Toronto Taste is June twelfth at Chorus Key. If you want to find out more, you can just uh, visit their website, Toronto Taste. Let me see. TorontoTaste.ca. Uh, so, Frank, we're just finishing up your book, Food to Grow. What are your favorite things to grow?
2: My favorite things to grow. So, first thing, I've, I always... I love tomatoes. I love basil. So, tomatoes, oh, basil. Yeah. Uh, some easy things that I like to grow are green leaf, red leaf, uh, some romaine, uh, kale. I also love Swiss chard. And the reason why I love Swiss chard is that it's this plant that is, number one, functional, and it's fashionable. It has uh, There's one variety called Bright Lights, which mm-hmm. has multicolored stems. So, I put it usually in my... My flower garden. So it grows up with these beautiful foliage, these beautiful stems. I cut it and it grows back. I cut it, it grows oh, back. Oh, I
1: want that. I want the magical regenerating vegetable.
2: It, that's the one. It just keeps on going. <laughs> really? It keeps on going. I just yeah. feel like
1: it would make my life so easy if I was to, if I had that. Yeah. Now, can we talk quickly about um, seeds versus seedling?
2: Yeah. So seeds okay. versus seedling. Right now, you're too late to be starting from seed if you're going to be doing peppers, okay. if you're going to be doing tomatoes, and even right. some of the lettuce varieties. You could do a late sowing for really the fall, late summer crop. Mm-hmm. The only things you should be direct sowing at this moment right now are things like carrots, some of your root vegetables including beets. If you want to do parsnips you could be doing that for a direct sow. Radishes, you could probably slide a little crop in right now as well as spinach. Those are all quick to harvest. Mm -hmm. Beans, if you're going to be doing beans from seed, soak them in water the night before. That'll actually make the uh, shell a little softer. Um, You'll get an increased germination on your beans, peas. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other things that are easy to grow from seed are all your squash varieties. So everything from pumpkins to cucumbers to uh, even just some watermelons and even just summer squash. Do
1: people grow watermelons yeah, in the can grow, Yeah,
2: you can grow watermelons. Can
1: I grow it on a balcony?
2: No. Oh. No. We, <laughs> could probably do, we could probably play with it vertically, but oh. I don't. So for this year for you, I just <laughs> yeah. want you to have some minor... I want you to have success.
1: Okay. I know. You really yeah. want me to have success because you know that I'll get really turned off if it, if it doesn't work out. Yeah.
2: So if you get overwhelmed and you do too much, you're just going to turn off. Yeah. So let's make sure that this year you have a little nice little bounty, mm-hmm. really fun, successful. You have lots of herbs to kind of flavor all those meals, some edible flowers flowers that are in there and just some nice uh, tomatoes and peppers, you're going to be great.
1: Now, once people have their plants in, uh, what are some maintenance tips that you
2: would suggest? Right now with this heat, this heat's so hard Whoa, on yeah. plants. So especially for new planting. So if you're going to be planting over this week and do it in the morning and or evening, the heat of the day, stressful on you, stressful on the plant, watering is so key. So right now we haven't really had a lot of water. So mm-hmm. every until that plant gets rooted and established, you want to do a soaking. And that means watering that area and soaking the ground so it saturates into the wa- into the soil line. Mm-hmm. If you just walk around and you sprinkle, it's not going to do any great things for right. the plant itself. So watering the key thing right now. Removal of any uh, any brown leaves that you're seeing just by hand removal. Any of those flowers that have finished flowering already, maybe on your tulips, if they have finished flower because they're going to go through their cycle quite quickly with this heat, mm-hmm. take off the flowers, let the foliage stay. Remember with the tulip, mm-hmm. it needs the foliage there to boost the energy for the bulb underneath. So I had no idea. Yeah. So that those those leaves right now are gaining all the energy through mm-hmm. the sun to feed the bulb and remember a bulb is like a storage facility for plants so every element of that plant so you remove the flower focuses on the foliage once the foliage turns brown you snip off that foliage and then in the fall you're going to lift some of those bulbs and kind of divide but if it's a daffodil you don't have to lift them they're perennialized
1: all right so the key really is like you're saying water
2: water and so right now uh,
1: not that. in the middle of the day
2: Not in the middle of the day, unless it's dry. If it's dry, water any time of the day. The ideal time to be watering is earlier in the morning before the sun's up nice and high.
1: And you mentioned that um, hot peppers are sort of like one of the trendy things to grow right now, Mm -hmm. right? Are they easy to grow?
2: Yeah. Some varieties are really easy. They just have a long maturity time. So you really eat. That's why you can't start them by seed right now. You just wouldn't Uh, have enough time. Right. So you want to buy more of a mature plant at this time. Mm -hmm. Are they easy to grow? Cayenne peppers, super, super easy to grow. Oh yeah? Cayennes are easy. Jalapenos are easy. Uh, Ghost peppers, they take a a little bit more time, but the ghost peppers in terms of a Scoville unit, yeah. they're stupid hot. They're, I was they're curious, curious to hot. know who
1: wants to grow, them Because <laughs> I would just go to the grocery store maybe and pick up one if I thought I really needed it. But. Yeah, but you know <laughs>
2: what? I, I think for men, I, yeah. I, I find men are drawn to peppers. <laughs> and the reason being is I think it's like saying I have the hottest pepper on the street. I think it's yes. like street cred in the gardening world.
1: Yeah, and like yeah. I made this great sauce and it's super spicy and yeah. here it is. Okay. Well,
2: being Italian, every wedding we go to, yeah. there's always somebody that's it's got peppers in their side pocket at a wedding. you That's, got to be kidding. Yeah, no, like they're like, Joey's is better than Tony's this year. And they are they honestly, they it's like, hey, you want to try my peppers? You want to try my pepper? You want to try my pepper? Like, seriously, in late August, you go to an Italian wedding, I guarantee you there's guys that got peppers in their pockets. Yeah,
1: well, I need to go to more Italian weddings. Yeah. I need to have this experience. um Frankie, thank you so much for thank joining you. me today. It's been great fun. Uh, Frankie Flowers has been my guest. His latest book is Food to Grow. You can look for that. It's got great tips in there for all of your gardening needs, uh, whether you're growing fruits or vegetables. Great tips. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend, everyone, and we'll be back
2: next weekend.